Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. <laughs> home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos, 6.30 Chad. It is Inside Sports. It is 6.30 Chad. It is the play-by-play voice of your Edmonton Eskimos. They will be in Toronto on Saturday against the Argos. 12.30 pregame show. 2 o'clock for the kickoff. And the guy who will be calling that game is Morley Scott. Morley, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm good, Reed. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing great, buddy. It's uh, good to be talking to you again. Before we get to the Eskimo stuff, I, I know you're a big uh, TV watcher. Absolutely. You enjoy, you enjoy the, the tube. It's no longer a tube. Uh, en- yeah, no, it's, uh, the, you enjoy the they're flat? too flat to have you, tubes. You now, enjoy right? the flat? I enjoy the flat, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's called, though. So do you, do you watch a lot of Olympics? Or I know you're busy during Eskimo season. Yeah, when, I, when I've been able to, I, I have sat down. I've, I've ended up watching a little bit in the morning sometimes when I get up early. Um, I, like I watched the men's volleyball game this morning. Uh, against the Russians. They lost that in three straight. Uh, I've watched a little bit at night. Really enjoyed Sunday night watching the, the 100 meters. Uh, so, yeah, you know, I'm getting it in here and there. So, of all the... And look, the, there, these are a lot of... Sorry. I was going to say, but maybe the thing I've enjoyed the most is beach volleyball. Uh, <laughs> and not just for the obvious reasons. Right. Not just for the... I watched, you like watching the men's beach volleyball I, as well. I watched the women's game between the U.S. and Brazil. Great game. And... That was that was so entertaining. I mean, it was a battle. It was a battle. I mean, uh, you know, just just four great athletes just laying it on the line. It was it was fun to watch. Great atmosphere. Uh, I don't know what do they call those. I guess stadium, right? I guess yeah, they, it's a stadium. They, they build, they build a stadium it on the beach, right? On the beach, right? Yeah. Uh, the setting, the the high shot, like when you pan from the mountains, the city over to the stadium, and then to the ocean. Beautiful, beautiful setting. But yeah, though, it was terrific watching the, on the U.S. and Brazil. It was it was great theater. Yeah. Well, and you realize, uh, you know, and again, and we say this every four years when they're Olympics you realize how good some of these athletes are and and how hard they train and how they, I mean they're playing competitions constantly I mean take those that Brazil US I, I mean I don't know they probably played each other 40 times mm-hmm. <laughs> but but now that's the one everybody watches so what else for you you like the you like the beach volleyball I, I, I really enjoyed watching the rugby I know we sat in the office and watched the the bronze medal game together yeah. and I hadn't really watched much of it up until then really enjoyed that um that's that's kind of those are the two highlights. The, for you? That's the highlight so far for me. Yeah, I'm uh, 200 meters is uh, semifinals tonight, right? right. Uh, soccer and basketball. Watched the basketball game last night. Didn't really enjoy oh. that. It wasn't it, it? wasn't even an entertaining game. I didn't think. You know, I mean, there was a lot of mistakes on both sides in that game. Soccer, I've enjoyed too. The basketball game just turned into for Canada. It was almost like, how out of sync can we get offensively? I mean, I don't think you can argue with their defensive game allowing under 70 points, but 
and then when they needed a buck at the end, well, maybe to tie, maybe to get back mm-hmm. within two or three, sometimes it was like, who? and again, easy for us to say, but it was like, who are you passing to? Yeah. You know, a couple of the passes were just like, was was that supposed to go to the There's, French player? There like, was a lot of times where you're sitting there in your big comfortable chair criticizing these hardworking athletes, but you're just going, what was that? What well, was that? The th- but the thing is, we've we've seen them play better. I mean, I went yeah. to some of their games in Edmonton when they had, you know, the international classics and the, and well, the games the games last year, the qualifying tournament were all on TV. Mm-hmm. So you and I either went or or watched them, and it was kind of like, okay, we know France is good. Maybe 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 France is the better team if they go. But it was like that's not the actual Canadian team at its yeah. peak. I think that's what's disappointing. That you you feel like they didn't lose with their best effort or close to a best effort you feel they they got off the rails a bit yeah there's i i don't in in uh you know it's a that's a high level basketball game right i've never seen so many bricks thrown up like i mean there was a lot of air balls in that game yeah i was a little disappointed today though because because of my work commitments at eskimo practice and then here i was unable to watch the equestrian team match i i understand Canada lost to Germany in a jump-off. I was uh, really disappointed to get a chance to see that. So. Yeah, well, I mean, we got to vet the horses closer. That's, uh, so I, I, I blame the horses. Hashtag, hashtag our game. <laughs> hashtag which horse is at fault. Uh, anyway. Uh, we need a summit. We need, a, we need an equestrian we need, summit. We need a horse summit. That's right. <laughs> Uh, who wants to say nay to that? <laughs> oh, that's good. Yes. Uh, so anyway, uh, Eskimos practice. So, so what? What is going on with uh, Marcus Howard? Is he hurt well, worse than we might have even thought? I, it, it might be. It might be. There's no indication yet uh, how bad it is, except for the fact that he's on the six-game injured list. So, but that doesn't mean anything in the new CFL. I mean, you can pull guys like Ricky Ray got pulled off the six-game injured list today after I think three games. Right? Uh, there's no in the old days when they had the nine game, you could only pull one guy off per half season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now it's unlimited. So guys just teams just throw guys, especially high-paid guys, on the sixth game right away just in case. And that way, if they make it to the six, end of the sixth game, they save the money on the salary cap. But, um, yeah, so I, it, it sounds like it's a knee, and it sounds like he's going to be out for a little bit anyway. So we'll see. Uh, they're going to move uh, rookie Ruben Frank. He's going to get the start oh. uh, at the defensive end position, and Jason Vega will draw in and, and okay. play a little bit as well. Uh, so a, a rookie and a veteran are going to fill in for, uh, for Marcus Howard. Howard, which it's too bad you know Howard is is good I mean he's played 59 games in six years though that's the biggest that's 10 games a year right that's yeah. that's that's you know he's 17 is his high four is his low um he, if he could stay healthy he'd be so good he'd be I mean he's 59 games 33 sacks so yeah. he's fast he's effective I talked to Mike Benavides today and he said don't let the numbers fool you uh, he is a good football player, and when he's not, and a lot of people look at his five defensive tackles and say that's not enough. Four sacks, tied for fourth in the league. You can't argue with that. Uh, only five defensive tackles. But uh, Mike Benavides really loves the pressure that he and Odell Willis get, and he says they don't get credit for a lot of things, but it's because of what they do that good things happen. And he cited J.C. Sherritt's interception on Thursday night. He said if Marcus Howard isn't getting the pressure on Kevin Glenn, he waits a second and doesn't throw that ball away to J.C. Sherritt like that. Uh, and he said. You know, nobody nobody gives any credit to Howard on that play, right. but he's the guy who made it happen. So uh, don't be don't let numbers confuse you about pressure. Pressure comes without numbers, right? Um, 
At least not the numbers that the defensive uh, line gets anyway. So, yeah, they're going to miss him for sure. Uh, he's When he's healthy, he's one of the best in the league. But uh, that's his problem. He just can't stay healthy. Sorry, this, did they say what the injury was? Uh, it, uh, we believe it's a knee. They, they of course, have not. An but, area uh, of nobody body says injury? Anything yeah, about. It's, right. it's, it's a body injury of some sort. So, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, we believe it's a knee, though, and it's been bothering him. I, I think I heard someone say it's, it's, uh, it's kind of since training camp. So Okay. All right. Uh, Eskimos play-by-play voice Morley Scott joining us here on Inside Sports. He He's uh, going to go to Toronto tomorrow. The game is on Saturday on Chad, 12.30 for the pregame show, 2 o'clock for the kickoff as the Eskimos play uh, the Argos. So uh, what do we know about this uh, Argos uh, quarterback? Throws a lot of interceptions. That we know. <laughs> Too many. Well, uh, he's, he's probably going to get better. What's his name? Logan, is uh, Logan Kilgore. Logan Kilgore. Logan Kilgore. So you can assume he's going to get better. I remember. That's, I'm proud of myself. I remembered. <laughs> uh, seven interceptions in his two starts oh, wow. so far. Uh, I think it was five last week. So, yeah, he uh, he throws. He's colorblind or he throws to the wrong team uh, far too often. So, yeah, that that's an issue. But uh, people say he's got a pretty good arm. He's pretty accurate. Uh, and, I mean, he's a rookie, right? He's, he's just learning. It's only This will only be his third start. Uh, only, I think, his fourth game. He came in in, in relief uh, for Ray when he was injured. So it might be his last start, too, because Ray's taken off the sixth game. Practice with the Argos today. Uh, and I think they have the bye week next week. So I think uh, he's scheduled we'll to, see if they try to, to maybe get, get him back after August that. 31st, they play uh, their next game. So uh, he may be back. So we'll see. He might even be in the lineup as a backup on Saturday. We'll have to wait and see. Okay. So the, the Eskimos here are are trying to uh, get back to 500. I mean, it's been a, it's, it's been a very up and down, down year. Uh, uh, what's going on with, uh, it's funny because a couple days ago, on, or I guess last Friday on Inside Sports, some people were Section O called in. Then I got a couple tweets about the punting. And I don't get the cross-field punting. Because a couple times against Montreal, the guy fielded it in the air, and there's no one over there. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I mean, you can question Grandshaw's average and direction when he's trying to pin it down the sidelines. But I mean, he's, be, he's being told to cross punt it. And to me, that's a coaching decision, not a, not a Grant Shaw execution decision. Yeah, I, I think you're right. That's what we don't know is, is, you know, you can talk about his average all you want and his average is, is lower than it's been in years past, but what's he being told to do and, and who are they kicking away from? And would they rather have a, a punt that's 10 yards shorter or give up a 20-yard punt return, depending on, on right. who they're kicking to? So there's all sorts of strategy involved. But that being said, uh, I don't think Grandshaw's having a great year. I think I think he could be playing better, and he'd probably admit to that as well. I don't think he's he's kicked as well as he has kicked in the last few years, for sure. But, yeah, there's all sorts of strategy involved in punting. All right, and uh, just let's just touch on the secondary quickly before we go. It looked like yesterday Brandon Thompson in and Means was going to be out. Yeah, that's what it looks like, and, and they're going to make a switch, put uh, put Thompson in at the halfback position and move Cord Parks to cornerback, oh, okay. where he's probably more familiar with. And uh, I know I had a chance. I talked with uh, with Thompson a bit yesterday, and he's more feels more at ease at the at the halfback spot. So and, and he's a smaller guy, right? So he's not built for the corner like like you know. Pat Watkins or whoever, right? right? So uh, he's a halfback, and he'll play there, and they'll move Parks out. And so it's funny, you know, a defense that just gets rolling and starting to get some traction, played pretty well for the last probably 10 quarters uh, and didn't even give up a touchdown last week. Got to make some changes. Got to make a bunch of changes because of the injury to Howard and because they just want to tweak that defensive backfield a bit and get Thompson in, who's a who's a pretty good player. I was saying to him yesterday, I go, uh, so when was uh, the last time you played a game then? And he goes, that'd be the Grey Cup game. 
Because, of course, oh, he was, was in the last game. Yeah. Last I said, ah, if you can't beat him, join him, right? So, yeah. And he well, goes, yeah, need... I would have, if you would have asked me then, I would have never thought he'd be wearing this color now. But... Well, they need more. I mean, I don't think it's uh, it's so simple to say, well, they won, so don't change anything. Because, and I was saying this to Dave yesterday, they just you need some size. And means when he was beat, he's not taller, so he doesn't have that reach to, to mm-hmm. make up a half step, yeah, right? Size so, and experience, too, right. right? And, and you know, these guys are smart guys. They've been in the league for a few years. They know, and, and now all of a sudden, instead of a new defensive backfield, you got a pretty pretty experienced defensive backfield going on back there with Watkins and Young and, and Neil King, now Cord Parks, and, and you had Brandon Thompson. Like Those are all guys with experience, so they should be better than they were earlier in the year when they had guys like Dion Ballou and Solomon Means and, and guys who hadn't played a lot. All right. Uh, in Montreal, it's the Barbie barn. Where's the Toronto? Eating? We don't. We you know what we don't. We don't. Uh, and I appreciate you asking about my eating habits because it, it is. I'm very proud of them. Just, time. just I just make it sound like all you do is we, watch we, TV and we, eat. We don't. Well. You know, truth hurts sometimes, right? <laughs> you sound like my wife now. All you do is watch TV and eat. Uh, we don't really have a place in Toronto. Uh, just uh, I know a, a lot of us have uh, a lot of us have friends and relatives in Toronto, so sometimes in Toronto we split up a little bit. Uh, but I know we're going out with Chris O'Leary of the oh, good. of the uh, Toronto Star, of course, formerly of the Edmonton Journal, um, and we're going to go somewhere. So I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, the X is on. We might go to the CNE and have a hot dog or a corn dog or something. Who knows? Oh, great! And now, and your first look at the new stadium. First well, look, at not, the new, not the new stadium, the well, new home for the yeah, Argos. Yeah, the new uh, home of the Toronto Argonauts. The the reworked BMO Field. Uh, it, it, it looks spectacular on television. The atmosphere looks so much better. I was just saying to somebody uh, yesterday that I was watching the game from last week from there uh, yesterday morning, and I'm watching it and I'm and I'm listening. I, was, I can hear the crowd. I mean, there's still about... There's still not that many people there. Yeah, there's still only like between fifteen and 20,000 people there, but you can hear them now, right? Uh, They're closer to the field. They're a little bit more on top of the game. They're a little bit more into the game. Mm -hmm. Um, They've had some fun outside the stadium before the game, if you know what I mean. And so they're louder, and the atmosphere is... I've talked to a couple of guys who have done games there, and the only downside is apparently the, uh, the visitors... Uh, play-by-play radio booth is very, very small. But other than that, they say the move there is much better for everybody involved. All right. So imagine well, me and Dave in a small room together. That's yeah. going to be tough. We'll, You'll be fine. We're going to be squished up against each other <laughs> on a hot, muggy night. Oh, that's just great. Uh, it's just there's a visual nobody needed, eh? Yeah, that's quite a note to end it on, Morley. Thanks for sticking around. Morley Scott is the play-by-play voice of your Edward and Eskimos. Always love to have him in uh, on the show. So, yeah, no Marcus Howard for the Eskimos. Doesn't have gaudy stats this year, but uh, he's been pretty effective. This portion of Inside Sports is presented by Northlands Park, Racetrack, and Casino. Western Canada's most important horse racing event is almost here. The Canadian Derby presented by CIBC at Northlands Park on Saturday. A pretty important race for humans is on Sunday. The Edmonton Marathon will be starting and ending downtown. And uh, one of the guys who helps organize that, the founder of the running room, John Stanton, is coming up in a few minutes. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. I have an observation. Doubles, table tennis is insane. And they're showing China and Japan. Men's doubles table tennis. It, it's, it's insane. 
like the the rallies the the speed it, it's incredible i think this must be taped yeah because there it's an edited version of the match by the looks of it it's it's insane kellen kennedy like if you and i and i don't maybe you're a good table tennis player if you no. and i if you and i just were like <laughs> okay let's have a match against one of these teams We wouldn't get. We would not get a point. No. We would not get a point. No. We probably wouldn't even successfully engage in a rally. No. I mean, we'd get our serve over it and it'd just be like, oh, we lost that point. Which is why, if table tennis is in the summer games, air hockey should be in the winter games. <laughs> air hockey, bubble hockey, lever hockey. Yeah. You just call it. Le- I had a lever hockey game when I was a kid. Did okay. you? Have, did you have lever hockey? I like, had, you didn't have a bubble. I, on I, it. I, I, I had a table hockey set. I had the, actually the Wayne Gretzky table hockey set. And for some reason, I called mine lever hockey. Maybe that was just my dad and I that called. Was it that, that the brand name of it? Was the lever or? Oh, I don't know. Because I know Stig. I've, I think it was a company called Stigma or Sting, Sting or something like that that did the Wayne Gretzky one. Oh, interesting. With all the NHL teams. Yeah. I don't remember that. I had uh, Edmonton, Los Angeles, Hartford. Well, so you changed all the players? Yeah, I had like six Oh, teams. yeah. No, mine just had the yeah. Canadians and the Leafs, I think. Yeah, I had... And they all looked the same. Yeah, I had Hartford. I had uh, Leafs, Canadians, Oilers, Kings, and Flames were my six. Some news and notes today. Former Eskimos head coach Neil Armstrong has passed away at the age of 90. He coached the Eskimos from 1964 to 1969. The Calgary Flames have hired Don Maloney as a pro scout. Of course, he spent the last nine seasons as the GM of the Arizona Coyotes. Pretty good pro scout to have around. Of course, Brad Treliving, uh, who is the GM of the Flames, used to be Maloney's assistant GM while with the Coyotes. So uh, a connection there. Uh, the Oilers rookies will play the Golden Bears September 21st at Claire Drake Arena, Ticketmaster.ca, EdmontonOilers.com. If you want to look into tickets, Andre DeGrasse through to the final of the men's 200 meters. Damian Warner, a Canadian, is uh, second, second place in the uh, men's decathlon. There will be ads on the uniforms at the World Cup of Hockey next month. Gary Bettman says uh, don't expect it to happen in the NHL. And some more technology at the uh, World Cup as well. There's going to be puck and player trackers, sensors in the pucks in the back of sweaters to measure data like speed, puck trajectory. Coaches will have tablets on the bench to access real-time video. Uh, There will be digitally enhanced dasher boards with four different feeds for English and French Canada, the U.S. and around the world. The digital boards will be changed frequently throughout the game for various advertisers. When a team scores, its country's logo can be immediately projected behind them. Interesting stuff. John Stanton from The Running Room. If you have any questions, text him in, 630-630. This is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Well, Ryan Nugent Hopkins will be uh, playing for Team North America at the World Cup of Hockey. I was mentioning some news from that today. It starts in one month, all the games in Toronto. Thanks for tuning in tonight. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chad. My name is uh, Reed Wilkins. John Stanton, the founder 
of the running room. Is And what are you now, the CEO, the president, both? <laughs> well, CEO, but I, founder's, <laughs> founder's a nicer title. Well, it makes it you sound like more you, to what I do. Makes you sound like <laughs> you did something really smart. That's right. I finally <laughs> found what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, I found what you were doing. Uh, i got to ask you, because this is the time of year to ask uh, everybody, are you watching the Olympics a lot? Do you have Absolutely, time? Absolutely. You know, and I watched Degrassi uh, run just... Uh, you know, about half an hour ago, and and uh, I, I, that epitomizes sport yeah. and the Olympics. And when you saw him and and Bolt and the the smiles on each of their faces when they looked at one another, and it was with mutual admiration. They're they're highly competitive people, but you could tell that each one of them respects the other person. You saw Bolt give the single knit digit finger to him uh, in a friendly matter, not the yeah, middle yeah, finger. Yeah, not the middle finger. Yeah, <laughs> but it was like good on you for doing doing that and and uh, you know they're they'll be challenged in the final you know that they're both going to put it on the line but I thought it was a spectacular race and I, I thought it really epitomizes what our sport's about both is sort of uh anointed DeGrasse as the next guy. He's he not has. ready to give up his yeah. belt yet. He, he, he clearly doesn't want it to be Gatlin. I mean, there's no. more of an animosity, I think, with Bolton Gatlin. Well, well, there is, but there's a lot more similarities, too. You know, they both come out, a, a, you know, if you can say slow and Bolton, the same conversation, but uh, <laughs> they both come out uh, moderate speed and then turn it on. And, uh, you know, I, I heard the interview with Bolton. He said that he really felt DeGrasse, because of his size and stature, will be able to overcome that. And he has that closing speed and he'll learn to get that opening speed and he could really put it together and to come from Bolt that's that's a huge compliment to, mm -hmm. to uh, you know the individual but also to the Canadian system that you know we are getting some truly Olympic class world-class medal class uh, and nice to see us win a gold medal again tonight too so yeah uh, so uh, DeGrasse uh, the final 200 meters tomorrow night tomorrow night yeah. uh, Warner obviously doing very well in the decathlon he's in in second place so he's uh, now the thing is with the decathlon uh, I mean, when we've seen it happen to world-class guys, uh, a lot can go wrong. I well, mean, I know yeah, they don't think that way, but no. it's a nervous event, isn't well, it? Well, it is a nervous event because of the multifaceted aspect to it. Is is there's so many things, moving parts that that can go wrong, and uh, you know you have to be athletic prowess has to be in in speed and you know in agility and in jumping and running. <laughs> I mean, it, it yeah, you got to put it all together, and you have to put it all together at the right time, and so it, yeah, the much and all is they're, they are truly the greatest athletes out there. They're also fragile in some ways because of the, you know, the intensity that they're going at. And, and they're, they're big people and they're, they're performing at, uh, at, at a mostly multifaceted level. Yeah, one little tendon gets out of yep. place or stretched too much, and it, yep. you could throw everything off. John, we were having you, and and, and uh, what we did last time was people started texting some questions in yep. about running, but we didn't really get to it till about 8.50. <laughs> so earlier in the show, I said, uh, John Stanton from the running room is coming in. If you have any questions, send them in. So we sure. got some throughout the show, so oh, I'll, I'll bring those uh, in and out. But great. the reason you're in now is... Is because Sunday, huge day for the yeah. Edmonton Marathon. Edmonton Marathon and uh, Edmonton Marathon numbers are up by about 10%, which is phenomenal because most of the Canadian marathons this year are down, uh, Reed, and that's because of the Olympic year. Mm -hmm. A lot of the Olympic athletes are there. Last year, you know, we had uh, Lanny Marchand and Krista Deshane, who was here, uh, is is uh, in Rio. 
and uh, Reed Colesot, who was here last year, is is also down in in Rio. Uh, so you know the the numbers we we anticipated might be down a little bit, and they're actually up. And they're up. Uh, Edmonton Tourism came on, and the city of Edmonton, along with New Balance, to to assist us in the promotion of the event. Uh, we were out in uh, Vancouver and Seattle and uh, Toronto promoting the event, and the inter international contingency is is really growing. We've got people coming from Australia, United Kingdom, from Europe, uh, from from Japan, from and a big contingency from China coming in. Really, and interesting enough, today when we were looking at the demographics, we've got a whole bunch of people coming up from Brazil, which I thought is kind of <laughs> <laughs> poetic. Yeah, to actually, to run the the, oh, no the marathon. So <laughs> I, I don't know if it's because the Olympics are on and they're going to escape the crowds and, and maybe come to Canada. <laughs> go go as far north as they can to run. But a it's nice to see Edmonton. You know, Edmonton's a, what has been always been billed as a people's marathon, and mm -hmm. last year we proved that it's competitive and that we can have world-class athletes here and medalists and and uh, Olympians were here performing, and uh, we proved that that that's the that the course is what it's billed as, and that's flat and fast. Yep. Uh, and it's also a friendly marathon in that not only do we have lots of friendly volunteers, some 600 of them out there, but there's all these impromptu uh, aid stations that are set up along the way and cheering stations. <laughs> uh, this year we got the U of A cheering team uh, is one of the cheer sections that are going to be out there. So there's a whole lot of fun atmospheres about it. It profiles our city spectacularly. Oh, yeah. and, you know, our biggest uh, cherished uh, resource is our Edmonton River Valley, and you get to have all the vistas and the beautiful views without the challenge of the hills because it's, it is it lives up to its name of being flat and fast. So it's kind of the best of all worlds coming together, and so we're very excited about it. Plus there's, you know, the marathon is the marquee event, but there's a half marathon which is, you know, fits busy lives many times that where people just don't have the time to put in to train for the marathon. The half marathon gets them to the nice fitness level and they can challenge themselves. There's also a 10K and a 5K and even a walking division for people. And then there's a kids and family events on Saturday as well, So then, plus the expo. So no matter what you're, you're interested in, you can, can do that. And so are all the runs on Sunday morning? Well, no. They, <coughs> the children's run is on uh, Saturday. Okay. Uh, the friendship run, which I lead, and we, we take people who are in the half, the full, the 10K, and the 5K, uh, give them a little pep talk on uh, Saturday morning at uh, 10 o'clock, and then take them for a run. We take them down Jasper Avenue, show them the start-finish area. Nice. We take them over to City Hall and get a picture in front of City Hall with the group, and uh, then come back. It's a very collegial kind of run and a chance to it's termed the friendship run to meet a friend so somebody coming from out of town they can connect with other people who are maybe in from Toronto or Vancouver or Calgary and and uh, they get to get the lay of the land as to where all the logistical things are occurring and then Sunday morning at uh, 6 o'clock is the early start for the walkers at 7 o'clock is the marathon start and uh, at uh, 8 o'clock is the half marathon and then the 5 and 10k uh, 10k goes uh, out in the morning and at uh, 11 o'clock is the uh, 5k okay. So all right. Well, I lots be, of activity. I'll be going there on. for eight. It's all starts and finishes <laughs> in front of the Shaw. Uh, I go west and back, so That's I know right. from having done it. Uh, well, I've done it several times, but this is going to be the third year with the downtown start finish. Uh, certainly, when you go through Oliver, you get a lot of people out yep. and 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 cheering and stuff. So that's always fun. And you can attest to it is flat and fast. It, it, oh, it uh, makes a huge difference. Yeah, it makes a it, huge difference. difference. In, like uh, for me. Depending on where I run for, uh, m you know, my training or my everyday runs, I'll probably be about 
15 to 20 seconds per kilometer faster, yeah, faster. on this course because you're not doing a climb. Yeah, you know, and you're not. You, you well, it's it's designed, and you know the the Tom Kehoe and the team that put the course together, uh, you know, they've designed the course so that it's an out and back, which is faster. But it, they also head west and come back. So if there's any prevailing winds, uh, generally you're going to have a tailwind coming Good home. Good point. Yeah. And if you think about the temperatures, I've been monitoring it along the way, and we're calling for lows of around 14 degrees and highs of around 24 to 26 degrees, and that'll be late afternoon, well, well after everybody's in. So you're going to have some really nice uh, weather conditions doesn't look like there's going to be a whole lot of wind and and if there is any wind it's going to be a little bit of a tailwind so again should set everybody up for some good yeah. conditions and good spectating conditions too for spectators i to love come. running when it's high teens yeah like that's that's, that's, that's the perfect temperature. Great. Yeah. yeah okay we said we'd answer some questions sure. so people have been sending them in paul uh, first of all a couple of people have texted and said oh silly question there's no silly questions no, guys if no. you don't know the answer yeah. you want to be a better runner or help you running Absolutely. just feel free to send them in. Paul says, I often get shin splints when I jog. What is the proper foot motion for running? Should I concentrate on heel-to-toe impact? Well, you know, Reed, can't, people can't see, but you're wearing glasses, and it, it's, I often compare shoe fitting to glasses. A lot of times, uh, each one of us needs uh, biomechanical adjustments that we have to our biomechanics. And shoes today are very prescriptive in the way that you're fitted. And shin splints are often caused by what we call overpronation, and that's where somebody has a flat foot, and as they, they run, their foot uh, flattens out and as they do it puts torquing action on the shin and that's where we get shin splints it's little micro tears along the muscles that attach to the shin and a lot of times getting fitted with a proper shoe at a at a good uh, expert like the running room but somebody like that who can get you into the right shoe uh, often will get rid of shin splints if you're suffering from them now ice them afterwards uh, makes a big difference and it warm up and and heat or heat liniment rub on it before you run will will help uh, give you a little bit of relief until you can get rid of the shin splints but generally it's shoes that will make the difference well should we tell people where to go for shoes? I mean, <laughs> I, I don't mind giving you... <laughs> John's well, with the running room. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Reed. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, I've got... I've, I've got... Uh, here's a question for it. But, but first of all, I mean, I've got my last couple of pairs of shoes there. And you guys have such a, a variety. And your yeah. staff actually knows the shoes. Which yeah, is great. they know the shoes and they know the biomechanics. When should shoes be replaced? Because I grow attached to my shoes. Well, you do. And, and all of us do. But, you know, the shoe manufacturers, and, the, and they all kind of concur on this, that that they say somewhere between five and eight hundred kilometers or about okay. you know five hundred miles uh, that's when your shoes should be uh, uh, replaced most of us have a general idea of how many miles or kilometers we're putting on an on per week. What I recommend people do is lift the insole, put the date that you bought the shoes on the inside of the insole, and then it's just a gentle reminder for you that if all of a sudden you're getting a little hip pain or a little soreness in the knees, sometimes that's an indicator that you, it's time to replace the shoes and take a look at when you, you did buy them. And often the upper of the shoe will look still like a, a new shoe, but you can feel the resiliency and the cushioning of the shoe has started to uh, deteriorate a little bit. See, I, I can estimate I probably would be around four to five hundred kilometers a year for yeah, me. 
Yeah. So and that's a pair of shoes right, a year. And I run yeah. more in the yeah. summer, and, and a pair of shoes a year probably can do you for that. And and keeping your shoes fresh will keep you off the injury list. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I mean, here's a general one from somebody who says, uh, John, I'm sure you've heard this one before, but where does a middle-aged woman who is out of shape go for information on how to start running? Well, one of the things they can do is, you know, it's fear of embarrassment that sometimes get, keeps us from starting. And a middle-aged woman or a middle-aged man or any age, or really. any age that, that applies to. But sometimes if, if you're a little fearful of it, go to runningroom.com. There's a whole uh, bunch of information available there. You can pick up a copy of my book, Running Start to finish, which has everything that you need on it. Uh, you can come down to the running room on Wednesdays and Sundays. We have free groups that go out. It doesn't charge. We don't charge anything. People meet. Uh, it's tell the people that you're new, and you can go out with other people. And we do. When we introduce people into running, we do it in a walk-run combination where we have them walking and running, and and gradually build into it. If you think running's a little bit too much of a challenge, uh, we've got a whole big group of walkers that head out from our 109th Street store here in Edmonton. That and uh, the various stores across the country. We've got walkers as well as runners. And sometimes that's a nice preconditioning to get you into being prepared to run if you, you yep. so do it. And for others, sometimes it's the runner who's injured that still wants to get the, the group effect, the I feel good feeling we get from running. You can get from walking too, and you get it in a group environment. It becomes social, and and uh, there's that sense of camaraderie around it. Well, you're right, and that's and that's the one thing I always like. It's it's very non-judgmental, and I understand what you're saying, like yeah. the fear of embarrassment but if you go to these one of these groups or you would just want to ask and nobody's going to say oh well, you, you got to run a marathon within a month or no, you're a no. failure like it's not like that no. at all people We're, are going to be like do what do what you can good do for you come down on on sunday and watch the people come in in the marathon and the 10k and the half marathon see all the body shapes and oh, yeah. sizes and ages and you know runners we don't we don't care if you know whether somebody's a male female how old they are what have you the only way we kind of ask them we just say are you running the marathon are you doing the 10k and that's the only way you're even judged is oh you're a 10k or you're a half marathoner, you're a marathoner. And then there's that sort of, uh, it, it's like we, we saw in the event tonight with uh, Bolt and Degrassi, there's that mutual respect for one yeah. another because we respect the trials and tribulations that yeah, every athlete has to go in, whether you're uh, the Olympic star or whether you're that that local hero getting off the couch for the first time <laughs> right. in 20 years. I've <laughs> uh, got a tweet here from Brian. He says, how do we take amazing events like the Edmonton Marathon and the Olympics and inspire Canada to be more physically active. Ooh, that's oh a tough one. no, that's a great one, you know, and and it, it's he he raises such a, a concern in Canada. We have two major concerns today, and that's the rising childhood obesity rates that are out there, and the aging baby boomer that that's putting a, a tremendous uh, burden on our healthcare systems across the nation, and most of it revolves around inactivity. And today we have to get people back to the basics of walking and running, and walking and running fit so so well because you know the the challenge sometimes is in with our inner city youth and and what have you because of uh, the economic challenges and what have you uh, walking and running programs are very easy to, to distribute into there because they're affordable you know a, a lot of our aboriginal communities are, are suffering from uh, type 2 diabetes and some of the health issues there and we need to get running and walking programs into into the the uh, their communities and you know it can be done but it, it's not it's not up to the government of Canada to do it it's not up to the running room to do 
do it. It's it's not a, up to Chad to do it. It's everybody working together, and it's a community spirit. And when you look at an event like the Edmonton Marathon, uh, yes, we've been a catalyst to the Edmonton Marathon. Tom Kehoe and all the volunteers are the people that are delivering the the uh, marathon this weekend. But really, what makes the marathon successful is the whole community. It's the city of Edmonton. You know, it's tourism. It's the volunteers. It's the sponsors. It's it's everybody working in a common ground and saying we're going to do something about this. And in Canada, health issues are concerned to every single one of us. And you know, there's a lot of talk about millennials today, and and they're the drivers out there of everything. But you know, they're more concerned about their mental and physical health than the uh, Generation X or the baby boomers mm-hmm. are. So it's an opportune time now to engage those Generation X, the baby boomers, and the millennials in a commonality of saying, let's do something about getting Canada fit. I used to like participation, and I, I've criticized them but now because, you know, participation at one time was proactive and it got kids out and we used to get little badges and what have you. <laughs> now it's more about advertising. What we need is proactivity and we need parents taking kids out. We need aunts and uncles taking kids out. We need community leaders taking children out in the community. But it's not just the children. It's sometimes it's that, that aging baby boomer who has been inactive and doesn't have a clue as to where to get started. We'll take them for a walk, take them to the park and, and show them how to play soccer, that you can still play soccer at 60 or 70 or 80 years old and you can still have fun. And being an athlete isn't reserved for somebody who's 14 and 18 right. years old. You can be an athlete for life. John Stanton from The Running Room is in studio. Mike from Kentucky has a question. We're going to get to that after the break. This portion of Inside Sports brought to you by Action Furnace, home of the fixed right or its free guarantee. Visit actionfurnace.ca. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Stanton from the running room is in studio. The Edmonton Marathon is uh, Sunday, half marathon, 10K, 5Ks. While John was talking about all the events, uh, runningroom.ca. Yeah, or .com. .com. Dot com. And yep. uh, Edmonton Marathon, you can just Google. Yep. Uh, all right, so Mike in Kentucky, uh, he's, he says he's he hasn't been running a lot. He's just getting into it. So he wants to run a half marathon in October. I mean, we, we kind of answered an earlier question about how you can get started. Is from August 17th, is it real a realistic time frame to run a 21K in October? If he's gentle enough that, that he doesn't get himself injured. And what I'd suggest he do is uh, start with a walk-run combination. And depending on his level of fitness, start with one minute of running, one minute of walking if he's brand new to it and, and overweight and out of shape. If he's in reasonable shape, maybe he can start with five minutes of running, one minute of walking. Or if he can currently run a 10-kilometer distance, as an example, or six miles, then, then run... 10 minutes, walk one, run 10, walk one. Do combinations like that. Think of it as interval training, and Mm -hmm. it's high intensity followed by low intensity. Most people will run 50% further and faster than if they tried to continuously run. So it's a good way to shortcut an event sometimes and avoid injury. 
Yeah, well, and, and that's the thing, right? Staying, staying healthy. Staying injury-free, you know. Not pushing it. Yeah, there's, there's three things to keep in mind always. Keep it gentle enough that you stay highly motivated and injury-free. Keep it progressive so that you're seeing self-improvement all the time. And the third thing is keep it fun, enjoyable. And, and, uh, and some people do that in a group environment, and they find they get the social aspect of it. Other people who are around people all day enjoy the solitude and calming right. effect of a, a nice trail like run. Yep. Yeah. Well, and, and again, and you know, and that's why it's it's good to talk to somebody. I mean, my relationship with you has helped me. I got a couple of buddies that run, and just talking to somebody, and people say, "Why do you run?" And part of it is because I like to push myself, but that's more of a big picture thing because sometimes on a daily basis you have to know when to dial it back yeah, or I'm not going to do 14k yeah. a day today I can do six yeah I'm just going to run easy and do not even look at the watch just go out and run and just just enjoy the trail John it's it's we, we got to do this again it's yeah, so much fun it. it's great people uh want great to questions stuff. tonight if too. we didn't get to your uh question do you guys have just like a yeah no they can go to they can go to uh, runningroom.com but they can also get me on Facebook or Twitter uh, or email me jstanton at runningroom.com there it is the questions jstanton at runningroom.com my name is Reed Wilkins thanks John for coming in you also heard from Morley Scott Ian McLean Kevin Carius Jerry Fleming and Ann Merklinger she's the CEO of the Own the Podium program Uh, we'll keep you going tomorrow night with Olympic updates more on the Eskimos and uh, Argos game and we're going to do a little small town segment Evansburg's Reed Wilkins is going to interview Marathorpe's Kelsey Braid. He's now a TSN anchor. Kellen Kennedy, the studio producer this evening. Have a great night. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.